Do, 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 do. You're listening to episode 10 of Friending, the no-nonsense, all-practical, sometimes hilarious podcast show that helps women like you and me grow healthy female friendship in these modern times, because for some reason, a lot of us are finding it difficult these days. So today we're talking about what to do if you are feeling left out, if you feel socially rejected, if you found out that you were not invited. Ugh, it's the worst feeling in the world. So in preparation for this episode, one of the things I did was I went and asked our Friending Squad members how old they think they were when they first remembered being socially rejected. If you're not familiar with Friending Squad, it is our Facebook group and you are more than welcome to join. We'd love to have you if you are a female and you're interested in learning how to grow healthy female friendship in your life. By all means, join our group. And the cool thing about being a part of Friending Squad is you get to help build these episodes to serve women all around the world. So again, I asked some of the Friending Squad members how old they think they were when they first remembered being socially rejected, understanding that they were being left out. And it was very interesting, some of their answers. Some of them said as young as five, and others said around 10 and 11. What this said to me is that when you are socially rejected, when you feel like you've been left out, whether it was intentional or completely by accident, it is an experience that impacts you for the rest of your life. You do not forget it. And so one of the things I want to encourage you today as a friending listener is don't just listen to this episode for yourself because Lord knows as adults, we still feel left out sometimes and it totally sucks. But I also want to encourage you to really lean in and listen to this episode because you might be able to help your daughter, your granddaughter, your niece, your friend's daughter, whatever young girl that is in your life that you have influence over, this is going to be so helpful for her if you can lead her through the steps of what to do when she feels left out. So take some notes or send this link to someone that you think might benefit from it, but certainly share this episode because I think it is really going to be helpful to a lot of us, but particularly to this next generation of women rising up. As you know, bullying is at its worst ever. Suicide rates among children at its worst ever. I mean, this stuff makes me sick to my stomach to say out loud, but I think we have an opportunity as women and we have an obligation not just an opportunity, but an obligation as women to help this next generation of young women rise up strong and have the tools needed to navigate some of this social pain that if they don't navigate it well, it will impair their future. Before we get to the steps, I wanted to share with you my memory, my first memory of when I realized I was being left out. I was being totally socially rejected. And it was the day after my 10th birthday, which is sort of funny because if you ask me what was my favorite birthday party ever, I will tell you hands down, it was my 10th birthday party. Now, I remember some very specific things about it. It was a birthday party where I believe I had an electric guitar pinata. 
Now, in the 90s, that was so banging. You have no idea. That was like the coolest thing ever. I had an electric guitar pinata. We also played this game, which was like an auction, and you got little tickets, and you put these tickets in a basket, and then if if your ticket was pulled out of the basket, you won the prize. It was just so cool. I remember my party, like the back of my hand. It was my favorite childhood party, which is totally saying a lot because... My birthday's in the summer, so I have these like summer birthday issues. Growing up, I couldn't bring cupcakes into class because nobody was there because school didn't happen in the summer. And also, everybody was always away on vacation on my birthday. But somehow, someway, on my 10th birthday, a birthday miracle happened and everybody was able to come. If you have a summer birthday... You totally understand what I'm talking about. Now, the crazy thing about this party was not just the fact that most of my friends could come, but the cool girl who I invited came to my birthday. The coolest 10-year-old I knew came to my birthday party and not only that, asked if she could have a sleepover at my house after my birthday party. I thought that I had peaked at 10 years old. I was like, holy crap, 10 is amazing. You get the pinata, you get the cool birthday party, and you get the cool girl asking to sleep over your house. Clearly, I have arrived. Turning 10 had done wonders for my social life. So after the party, I asked my mom, could the cool girl sleep over? And she said yes, because it was my birthday. Mind you, I was in complete shocked that this girl wanted to spend more time with me because lots of times she would just completely ignore me and pretended like I didn't exist. I had no idea what I could have possibly done or become to suddenly become worthy of her attention, but I I didn't care. I didn't question it. I was just happy days. Interestingly enough, during the sleepover, The cool girl was trash-talking every single person that came to my birthday party. She had some sort of hot gossip about them or about their parents. I remember finding out at age 10 whose parents were married before, whose parents weren't really married, whose parents have had marital problems. I mean, it was kind of like, oh, and who's who was adopted but doesn't know? I mean, it was like kind of crazy. She was sort of telling me all this hot gossip and I thought, ooh, I'm in. If she's trusting with me with everybody's deep, dark secrets, then surely I'm in. Like she really wants to be friends with me. Hmm. Interesting, right? So this is how the whole night goes. She's just like unloading everybody's crap, like everybody's, you know, darkest secrets onto me. And then she's trying to ask me the hot gossip about my life and my parents. And I didn't really have anything to say because I didn't know anything. I was only 10 for crying out loud, you know? I genuinely had not lived long enough to offer her anything juicy. And in regards to my parents, I just didn't know. I didn't know. I wasn't the kind of kid that paid attention. So I think I might have been a slight disappointment to her. However, this is what happened. We finally fell asleep. The next morning we woke up, we had breakfast, and her mom had called my mom and had invited me 
to join them for a day at the pool. Now, you have to understand something. This is the 90s. Going to somebody's country club pool by invitation has meant that you definitely have socially arrived, 100%. You you may just be cool now. There's a good chance. So anyways, I'm psyched. I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. I'm going to go to a country club pool with the cool girl and spend the day there. I mean, hello, could life get better? So my mom is telling us this amazing news and I could tell the cool girl is not really cool with this. And she looks at my mother and says, can I make a phone call to my mom? My mom's like, of course. And so the girl asks if she can call her mother in a private location Maybe not those words exactly, but she asks to not make the phone call from the kitchen, but somewhere private. So she goes up to my parents' bedroom where there's a phone because mind you, there's no cell phones, okay? This is like when phones were still attached to the wall. (laughs) And so she calls her mom and I'm standing outside my parents' bedroom door. I don't know if she knew this, but I'm just curious. Like, why does she need to call her mom? Is she okay? She seemed a little bit upset. So she calls her mom. And I hear her whisper scream. You know what I'm talking about when people are whisper screaming? She's whisper screaming at her mom for inviting me to go to the pool with them. And she tells her mom, I don't want Noelle to come to the pool. My friends will be there and she will totally embarrass me. I do not want her there. And I guess her mom had said something like, well, we already invited her, so you have to let her come. And she was like, fine. And she hangs up the phone. Now, I'm hearing all this, and I I can't even describe fully the physical feeling I had, but I just felt sick to my stomach. I felt like this real pain in my heart, like a genuine physical pain. And this was the first time in my life that I can remember being socially rejected, being purposely left out, and not being wanted. Oh, this was so painful and incredibly confusing. Very confusing for a 10-year-old because here the cool girl had wanted to sleep over my house after my birthday party, and I didn't understand why she didn't want me to go to the pool with her other than she thought I would be an embarrassment. Is really painful. And so I remember going downstairs to the basement where my mom was and my little brother, and I just said, you know, mom, I don't really want to go to the pool today. And she looked at me like, what? Because she knows I'm like 100% extrovert, 100% up for any adventure, loved being at the pool. And she knew I was really excited about spending time with this cool girl. So she's kind of giving me this look like, really, you don't want to go? And I remember just looking at her and trying not to cry because I didn't want her to know what had happened. And I just said, yeah, I I really don't want to go. I don't really want to go to the pool. And so when the mother of the cool girl arrived, she thought I was going to the pool. And she's like, come on, Noelle. Do you have your bathing suit? Do you have your towel? And my mom just said, you know what Noelle said? She doesn't really want to go to the pool today. And I remember looking at the cool girl's face and she smiled. (laughs) She like smiled with relief that I wasn't coming and that her mother couldn't make her spend more time with me. Super painful. I will never, ever forget it. 
it was that moment when I realized this person doesn't want to spend time with me. This person thinks I'm an embarrassment. This person wants to exclude me. And really, one of the things that I think about often in relationship to that story is that I am almost 38 years old. So we're talking close to 30 years, okay? 30 years. I still remember how I felt standing outside my parents' bedroom door, hearing her tell her mom that she doesn't want me to come. And as I study friendship and I reflect on my own experience, one of the things I recognized was that one single isolated experience of being socially rejected entirely shaped the way I dealt with social rejection from there on out. If I ever sensed that somebody really didn't want me there or felt obligated to invite me to something, I had been dealing with those feelings of being left out in the way that I dealt with it as a 10-year-old, which is, let me do you this favor and I will reject you first. I will excuse myself from this. I will say, you know what? I, you know, I'm a little too busy right now. I can't come. Or you know what? I'm just not up for it. If I sense at all that people don't really want me around, I won't make them have to tell me that. I'll tell it for them. But I will say it's my choice or my decision. Very interesting. And I think that if you look at your own social rejection patterns and you go, okay, how do I normally deal with this? You'll see that possibly you might be dealing with it like you did as a child. Some of us deal with rejection by withdrawing. Some of us deal with social rejection by having feelings of deep, deep self-loathing. Some of us deal with rejection with anger or, or fear. There's lots of negative ways that we can deal with it. But for many of us, it really will be patterned after how we first dealt with it as a kid. So again, I think it's so important if you're listening today to share some of these steps with the young girls in your life, because let me tell you something, if we were rejected as kids and we dealt with those feelings of being left out, we can bet a hundred million dollars they are as well. Okay, so I'm going to give you nine steps. Because there's nine steps, I'm going to do a special gift for those Patreon supporters, those of you who financially support Friending through Patreon. There's going to be a really cool PDF document that you can download and print up to help you work through these steps. So especially if you have a young girl in your life, a granddaughter, a daughter, a niece, a friend's daughter that you want to share this with you are invited to become a Patreon supporter for as little as $3 a month, and then you will have access to this PDF document, as well as a lot of other awesome extra goodies that are only available for friending Patreon supporters. So to find out more about that, go to the show notes and click the link to become a friending Patreon supporter. This is how we financially produce the show. Okay, here we go. Nine steps. Nine steps of what to do when you feel left out. Number one. Number one is important. You need to understand that rejection actually does something to our brain. And in fact, rejection, so when you feel left out, when you 
are looking through Instagram and Facebook and you realize that three of your friends you normally chill with all went out last night and never once called you or texted you to see if you wanted to join them and you're like, holy crap, they had a great time and here are the pictures to prove it and nobody bothered to invite me, that feeling of like being left out, being rejected, not being invited is a real pain and it is the same kind of pain that our brain will experience when there's physical pain. Very, very interesting. Some people will experience headaches. Some people experience sort of this nauseous feeling in their stomach or just tension in their back or real pain. But that feeling of, ugh, I wasn't invited or I was being excluded is like a real, almost physical pain. And it's registered the same in our brain. So I really want to just land here for a moment because one of the things research tells us is that when we are rejected or left out, it actually temporarily lowers our IQ, which means that we're unable to make really good decisions in the in that moment of feeling rejected. Um, some research says that our working memory drops and it just becomes difficult to sort of move past that feeling of what's wrong with me? Why wasn't I included? And I want to bring this out because I think it's important to know that when we are not included and we feel bad about that, that's not bad. That's actually a normal response to have. Some people will say, well, why do you care? Why do you care if you weren't invited? And I'm just going to say, because I'm a human being and I was designed to socially connect and these are people that I want to spend time with and they didn't invite me. And the normal response is to care. (laughs) I'm sorry, but that is the normal response. That is how our brains are designed. I believe that we were designed to socially connect. And so we're not connecting or we feel disconnected by a specific person or group of people that we want to be connected to. That feeling of pain is an appropriate response. However, the best way I can describe this next step, okay? So first step is to understand that social rejection, feeling left out, makes you feel bad. It, it makes you feel bad that your brain is even registering it as physical pain, and that is normal, okay? But because of that, it temporarily will lower your IQ. You're not really being rational in that moment of feeling excluded, and so you're not going to be able to make good decisions. So when we understand that, the next step is going to make a lot more sense. And step number two is you need to deal with the pain before you can do anything else. Okay. So first understand that it's okay to feel bad because you're supposed to, but the second step is do something about the pain. You can't really work through the other steps before you do this and not just do something about the pain, but do something positive about the pain. And we're going to get to that in a second. But the way that I try to explain this is like this. Let's say you're on a walk and you trip over a sidewalk that's kind of a little elevated and you really skin your knee up pretty bad. It's like bleeding. It's terrible. There's like little rocks and dirt inside your cut and wound. It stings. It hurts so bad. And every time you step, it's like excruciating pain. 
okay, you need to do something about that injury. You need to take care of it. You need to clean it. You need to put something on it. You might need to take a Tylenol because let me tell you something, you're not going to get very far. You're not going to be able to physically move very far if you are in a lot of pain and it may actually get a little bit infected. And you may forget where you're going because you're in so much pain or you have to keep stopping because the blood is dripping down. You get the picture, okay? This is the same thing. When you feel left out and you feel hurt by that, you need to stop and deal with the pain of it first. Before you try to rationalize and process the rest of the stuff, deal with the pain. So what do you need to do? Let's get practical because this podcast is practical. You need to do something that's going to produce some endorphins, okay? And here's just a little list of, of very simple things that you can do. And literally, I mean this. If you are scrolling through Facebook and you see that your friends went out last night and they did not invite you and you feel really hurt by this, instead of sulking and uh, obsessing over it and trying to figure out why, before you do any of that stuff, you need to do something that's going to alleviate the pain. And it's got to be something that's positive and good for you. Go for a walk. That's something that I do often. If I feel excluded or rejected by a group of people or a person, I will go for a walk. And it will just sort of release those endorphins and help me sort of get past the pain so that I can do some really good healthy processing, which is going to be the next few steps. Another really great thing you can do is meditate. If you're into that, I personally like to meditate on scripture, specifically the Psalms. I like to just read them over and over again and recite them to myself. And again, you're just releasing those endorphins. Another thing you can do is call up your oil selling friends. You know what I'm talking about, those essential oil people, and get some oils. Science has said these oils are very helpful in releasing endorphins. I, I think rosemary is one, frankincense, but I, I don't sell this stuff. But there's so many people out there that do. I'm sure you know 10 people that do. Call them. Get a little bottle. Put it on your wrist. Put it on your neck. Do something positive quick, easy to get those endorphins going. Another thing is you can go spend time with somebody else. Social connection produces a huge boost of endorphins. That is why group exercise such as CrossFit is incredibly addicting because of the amount of endorphins you can experience in that, in, in that sort of exercise environment. It's because you're exercising and you're with people. It's like, you know, double shots. So that's a great thing to do is go spend time with somebody else. Acupuncture is another one. Laugh. Go on Netflix or go on YouTube and watch something funny. I mean, get on the Ellen channel and just watch her for five minutes. Um, Get a massage, take a bath, do something positive that's going to release those endorphins to interrupt the pain or at least kind of ease it. You've got to do that first. You cannot process effectively if you are kind of sitting in the height of it. It doesn't mean the pain is going to go away, but there's a difference between like sharp excruciating pain and just sort of that pain that you know is there. But you can kind of still work and do things and make decisions. You know what I'm talking about, right? Okay, so do something 
that's going to release endorphins, my first choice, my first recommendation is some kind of physical activity that's moderate, like a nice brisk walk. Just get out there, get some sun. That's also really good for you. And let that pain kind of wash off of you so that you can do some good processing, okay? So that's step number two, deal with the pain, do something about it. Number three, now the next couple steps, the next seven steps are gonna be a series of questions that I want you to ask yourself. Okay, so you went for your walk, you're feeling a little bit better, you're, you're not gonna punch the wall, you know? You don't want to drown yourself in a tub of ice cream, you're feeling a little bit better. So you're gonna ask yourself this very important question, okay? So this is step number three, and the question is, do I really want to be included by this person or group of people who have excluded me? Do I really want to be included by this person or group of persons who have excluded me? Now, this is, this is regardless of whether this exclusion has been intentional or accidental. This is a valid question because even as adults, okay, we still want to be a part of the cool group. We still sort of scan a room and rank people. I hate to say it, but we do. We shouldn't, but we do. We look around and go, who has the highest social status? Who here is the most well-liked? Who is the person that everybody wants to be around? And then we decide that if we're friends with that person, then somehow that makes us okay or makes us important as well, okay? So a lot of times it's really important to ask ourselves this question because if we really think about it, sometimes the answer might just be no. Funny story, okay? A few years back, I was working in an office and the majority of my colleagues were much younger than me. I would say between 10 and 15 years younger than me. And they were all female and they were all best friends. Ugh. Anyways, so just being real. So they were all really good friends and they were all planning to go to the movies one Friday night and they didn't invite me. Like everybody got invited except me. And I remember coming home and telling my husband and I was like crying, of course, hysterically and like, they're jerks. They didn't invite me. They're all talking about going to the movies and they didn't invite me and blah, blah, blah. And my husband just looked at me and goes, well, what movie was it? And I think at the time it was one of the Twilight movies and I don't follow the Twilight stuff. So forgive me if you do, but it was one of the movies and I'm telling him this and he goes, well, what time was the movie at? And I said, it was at midnight. And he looked at me, he's like, do you really want to go see this movie at midnight with these girls? Is this really how you want to spend your Friday night? And I thought about it and I was like, no, not really. It kind of sounded like the worst possible thing to do on a Friday night, to be honest. There was even some talk of going to a 24-hour fast food restaurant afterwards which if you know me, y'all know that's just not my jam. And so as I really was thinking about it, the event, this group of women, I was thinking, wow, we just don't really match. We probably don't have that much in common. It probably makes sense that I wasn't invited. So 
yeah, I think it's important to ask, do I really, do I really want to be included with this person or with these people? Okay. Step number four, another question we need to ask ourselves is what are the benefits of being included by this group or being invited by this person? What are the benefits? I think that when we recognize the benefits or lack thereof, of being a part of a specific group or being invited by a person, that's when we can decide, is it really worth taking the extra step towards connecting with this group after we felt left out? Okay. So here you feel left out. All right. You you were scrolling through Facebook. They went out, had a good time without you. The question is, is this particular group, are these people do they provide healthy benefits to your well-being? Is it, is it beneficial for you to still be connected with them? Because if the answer is yes, then you're gonna you're gonna take some steps to reconnect with them to kind of find out what's going on. Why were you not invited? Maybe it was completely accidental. But whatever happened, if it is beneficial for you to hang out with this group truly, okay then you will take steps to make sure that doesn't happen again. But if it isn't, if this group of people are not very inclusive, they're not very nice, there's always somebody on the out and that changes depending what month it is. If these people can kind of be sneaky or they're doing illegal things or whatever, if, if, if there's negativity or toxicity that is sort of circulating in that group, then maybe you should count yourself lucky that you were left out. Hello, this is so important. Please pay attention. If you've kind of daydreamed, I want you to just slap yourself across the face and pay attention. Because there are some of us who are pining away to be a part of social groups that are so toxic, that are so terrible, that make you feel like crap constantly, and it's not good for you. And here's what I'm going to say to you. If you're being left out by these people, good. And this is what I'm going to say to you young people who are listening to this podcast. And for those of you who have granddaughters, daughters, nieces, and friends' daughters that you have influence with, I want you to tell them the same thing that I'm about to say right now. And that is, you're going to have to deal with toxic, negative people in your life, okay? That is a given. There are just going to be situations in which you will have no control and you will have to share space with toxic, negative people. It could be a boss. It could be a teacher. It might just be a family member that you see at major holidays. But you should not choose to be friends with toxic, negative people. Capiche? When we are around toxic, negative people, it causes more stress and stress will affect us physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. It will impair our health. It will hold us back from chasing our dreams. And so I, I will preach this till the day I die. There is no reason why we should be a part of social groups where there are mean people. If you are chronically being treated like crap by a person or group of people, well, let me tell you something. It is time to kick the dust off your feet and walk away because there is nothing beneficial about being invited into that nonsense. Furthermore, furthermore, if I hear another person 
tell me that fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade girl drama is normal, I'm going to start drop kicking people because here's the thing. There is no age where it is appropriate to be a jerk. And number two, there is no age of which it should be appropriate to let other people be jerks to us. If we are teaching our daughters that it is okay for them to be treated like crap chronically by a person or a group, what friggin' hope does she have as an adult? Let that just sink in. If we are telling our daughters that this mean girl drama is normal, is normal, how will she know when it's not? And I'm just going to say it's not normal. If little Tommy in preschool is biting little Susie chronically, the teacher's going to go, hmm, I think we need to work on this bad behavior, Tommy. We certainly would not be telling little Susie, Susie, it's normal for Tommy to bite you. It's normal. You're just going to have to survive it. No, let's give our daughters good tools and say to them, yo, this social group, this person that is treating you badly, who is purposely leaving you out, who is excluding you, who is bullying you, there are no benefits in being friends with them. Walk away. You're going to have to deal with people all your life And sometimes you're not going to be able to choose who those people are. You don't get to choose your boss sometimes. You don't get to choose your teacher, but you get to choose your friends. So recognize, are there benefits with being a part of this group that has left you out? Because if there are not true healthy benefits, you don't need to fight this battle. You could just say, thank you very much for not inviting me. It's probably best for my well-being. (sighs) I'm sorry. I know I got a little impassioned there, but it drives me insane when I'm hearing adults tell adolescent and teen girls that being treated like a complete piece of trash is just normal girl drama. No, we need to actually equip our girls to be able to decipher what is a toxic social group, what is a toxic friend, and how to deal with that in a way that is going to be healthy and productive in their own life. All right, I'm going to get off this because I could talk about it for a hundred million years. Let's recap. The first step is to understand what exactly rejection does to our brain, uh, why rejection hurts, how rejection can temporarily lower IQ when we're in the pain of it. Um, understand it. it. It does affect us. It's not normal that it's affecting us. You're not super sensitive. It's just how we are designed. Number two, step two, deal with the pain before you process what you should do in this situation when you've been left out. Go for a walk, meditate, exercise, um, call up a friend and, and grab a cup of coffee. Step three, ask yourself, do I really, really want to be included with this group of people or this person? Step number four, ask yourself, what are the benefits of me being included with this group or this person? Are there benefits? If not, should I just wash my hands and be done with it? Okay, and now step number five, ask yourself this question. Have I taken steps towards connecting with this person or with this group of people that I'm feeling excluded by? Have I taken steps towards connecting with this person or group of people that I feel excluded by? Very interesting question. 
and one that we do need to answer honestly. I remember speaking to a young mother who was sharing with me how she felt very excluded by a group of women who were also young mothers at her church. And she said that she was never invited to their weekly moms get together. Now, this wasn't some kind of church sponsored thing. It was just sort of a thing that they did amongst themselves. And she was fairly new to the church. And so she was telling me this. She said that this group of women never invited her and that she felt that they were very clicky and exclusive. And at first, when she told me this, I was kind of shocked since I knew some of them And I knew them personally, and I wouldn't have pegged them to be exclusive. So I asked her, have you ever, you know, invite them to do anything with you? Have you ever asked them about their mom's get-together since you know about it? And she said to me, no, I've never invited them to do anything. I doubt they would want to come to my house. And why would I go talk to them if they won't talk to me? How many of us, how many of us have said this, right? There's a group of people or there's someone that we want to hang with and we know that they're inviting other people to do stuff or we see them doing stuff on social and we're like, oh, okay, clearly they don't want to spend time with me, but we've never ourselves have invited them to do anything. And I think it's kind of important to recognize this because we need to kind of let people know that we want to connect with them. Believe it or not, most people are not mind readers. And the only way we're going to let people know that we want to connect with them is by extending the invitation first. If there is a group of women that we want to talk to or hang with, if there's a woman that we want to talk to and hang with, we literally probably need to walk over to them and strike up a conversation. Yes. Then we need to go ahead and invite them to do something with us. Have brunch, come to our house, meet at a coffee shop. You fill in the blanks. You're very creative. But we need to be willing to be the first ones to step forward and take that first step of connecting. For the most part, most adult females are not intentionally exclusive. They're not purposely trying to leave people out. They just might simply not be aware that we want to be friends with them. So we kind of have to make that known by inviting them to do something. So step five is literally asking yourself the question, have I ever taken steps towards connecting with these people or this person before? Okay. Now, step number six, we have to ask ourselves this question, and this one's a tough one. All right. Have I ever been invited by this person or group of people before and I have declined? All right, story time again. So a couple years back, there was this group of folks who would regularly get together for barbecues. Almost every Sunday, they would have these barbecues, a bunch of them, and they would invite me and my husband to join them. So this was a group of people that did not have children, so there wouldn't have been any children at these barbecues. And we had two, we still have two, wild children, but they were even wilder back then when they were younger. And so it probably wouldn't have been super fun for us to drag them along to a Sunday night barbecue. And so 
Every Sunday, this group of people would say, hey, we're having a barbecue, you guys want to come by? And we would always say, thanks for thinking of us, but uh, no, we're not going to go because we can't bring the kids, it's too late for them, or whatever the reason was. But typically, it was our children's fault. No, I'm just kidding. It was just because nobody else had kids there, and it would just been, you know, it wouldn't have been as much fun. So here is what happened. They stopped inviting us to their barbecues. They were wonderful people, and they always were very welcoming, but they stopped inviting us because I think we were always rejecting them. We were always declining their invitation. And when I realized they had stopped inviting us, I was like offended. And I remember crying to my husband one more time. Actually, no, there's been a million times since then, but you know what I mean. I was crying to him and I'm like, look how they have rejected us from this group. And it's because we have children, which was totally, I mean, insane that I said that. And I I actually distinctly remember Troy, my husband, laughing. And he pulled me into his arms and said, no, I think you have this wrong we have been rejecting them because we have children. My friends, it is super important to realize that when we continuously decline an invitation from a person or group, they may believe we don't want to be included. Let me just say that again for the people in the back. We need to realize that when we continuously decline an invitation from a person or from a group of people, they may believe that we do not want to be included. We don't want to be invited. Listen, if Betty down the street has been inviting you to her book club every six weeks, oh, we're reading a new book. You should join our book club. And you're like, oh, sorry, just kind of busy right now. Love to. And then after a year, she stops inviting you to the book club. And then one day you're strolling by her house and there's like, 10 minivans and SUVs and a bunch of mommies popping out with their new book and you're going, oh, looks like Betty's having her book club and she didn't invite me. Okay, no. For like a whole freaking year, you've been telling Betty no, 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 no. Betty got the memo and she stopped inviting you. Listen, some of us are just ridiculously busy and I get it. Look, I I get it. I do. But we cannot be offended when people have been inviting us and we've been telling them no, and they just are tired of hearing no, so they stop inviting us. We need to kind of get our heads around that. This is like the adult part of friendship, is understanding that if we are continually sending the message that we're too busy, that we can't, that no, I'm sorry, I'm not coming, guess who's not getting an invitation anymore? you because you've been saying you're not available. We need to get to the place where we recognize this and we either need to accept that we do not have to be included or we need to address the fact that we're just not available and change that. Was that too strong? I'm sorry, but sometimes you just got to give a little tough love. Okay. Step number seven. We need to ask ourselves this question, which is very awkward, but we got to do it. And that is, are there any unresolved issues between myself and this specific person or people that have excluded me? Are there any unresolved issues between myself and this person or social group that have excluded me? 
Yeah, this gets awkward. This is really tough because sometimes there is a reason. There is a legit reason why you're not being invited. And it's because there is some unresolved conflict or there's some kind of uh, weird social tension going on. An example of that would be maybe you and your boyfriend of five years has just broken up and you're you know, your mutual friends are trying to figure out how to do friendship with you guys not being together. And that's that does get tricky. And I've had many young women tell me this is something they go through. I've had divorced women tell me this is something they go through. It's tricky because your mutual friends are going, I don't know, do we invite both of them? What does this look like? Do we invite them to some stuff? And then we invite the other one to other stuff. It's it's tricky. It does become hard. So that's an example of what I'm talking about. So I remember talking to a young woman who was sharing with me this story about her and her ex-boyfriend who had been together for years. They broke up. It was devastating. It was messy. And their friends, their mutual friends just didn't know what to do. And so they would would invite uh, the ex-boyfriend to some things and her to some things, or maybe they'd have like two Christmas parties (laughs) and they would invite her to the, to the, one party and him to the other one, it got ridiculous. And it was, it was becoming hurtful. And finally she just realized she had to be the one to address the tension. And she went to them, look, I know this is hard. I know we're all trying to navigate this, but I would just like you to feel free to invite both of us and we can decide if we're going to go. So I, I had to give her a lot of props. That's, that takes major maturity to get to that place. But she was able to really deal with the exclusion and process that in the right way because she was like, okay, if I address it directly, then perhaps there can be a solution. But if we don't address it, it's going to get buried in the confusion and the miscommunications. That's one example. Another example of unresolved issue is perhaps you and your friend maybe are having a little bit of some friendship issues. Perhaps there was an uncomfortable conversation. Perhaps you said something to her that she didn't really like. And her way of letting you know that she's kind of upset with you is by not inviting you to the wine and dine at her house with all the ladies on the block on Saturday night. That could be her way. I'm not saying that is a mature way. I'm not saying that's, you know, remotely cool. I'm just saying that might be her way. And so if you kind of sense that you're being excluded and you and you realize as you ask this question, oh wait, maybe there is a little bit of an unresolved issue. We didn't really talk about that enough. We didn't really bring closure to that conversation. We didn't really address this. Okay. If that's the case, what I would suggest is to address the unresolved issue directly. I know everybody wants to throw tomatoes at me when I say that, but it is kind of the best way to deal with stuff is to just communicate it directly with respect, with kindness, with openness of understanding the other person's perspective, but you got to talk about it. So if you sense that maybe you're being excluded because something has happened and you're kind of aware that something has happened, then address the thing that has happened and see if you can come up with a really good solution together. I think that excluding somebody is a form of the silent treatment. And the silent treatment is a unhealthy way of letting your friend know or your loved one know that you are mad at them. So I just want to encourage you, if you sense that could be the underlying reason why you were excluded, then just be the really bold, 
really mature, really big person that says, hey, can we talk about that thing that went down? I just feel like there's tension between us and I really want us to be okay. I really care about you. I value our friendship. Let's not leave until we kind of come to an understanding. Okay, step number eight. Another really good question to ask, and it's one that makes me feel very vulnerable when I do ask it, but it is really helpful. And when I have the courage to ask myself this question, I find that I grow. Okay, so the question is, what insecurity within myself is being highlighted by the exclusion? (laughs) Oh my gosh, I hate this question, but it's so important. What insecurity within myself is being highlighted by this exclusion? Okay, what insecurity? Do we have time to go through them all? Here's the thing. Pain, if we allow it, can often be an opportunity for self-growth. And when we're excluded... All of our insecurities just kind of rush to the surface of our heart. And this can be an opportunity for us to address the lies that we have believed about ourselves. Okay, so let me just let me just be vulnerable with you and I'll I'll share with you some of my insecurities. But when I'm excluded, the first thing that I become like aware of, my insecurity that I'm aware of, is that I always think, oh, They're excluding me because they think I'm weird because I'm weird. I just, I sometimes I just think I'm too weird for people. And so when I'm excluded, I'm like, oh, they probably are like, yo, that Noelle chick is so weird. She talks about friendship way too much. She's just so odd. Let's like not invite her to anything fun. Like that's where my mind goes. I always think I'm too weird. I'm too much. People think I'm dumb. I don't know why. I honestly struggle with these lies. So a really great thing to do is to get ahead of those insecurities, get ahead of those lies and be like, no, you're not going to take me down in this pain of being excluded. I'm going to use you to become a better person, to really grow and become even more self-aware. So when I'm feeling excluded and I feel the pain of that, I go, okay, what insecurities, what lies are coming to the surface? And let me just smash them in their mouth because they're not true, right? This is an opportunity for us to grow. I once found out that there was a group of moms that I knew who had Starbucks together every Friday. And I cried because clearly that's all I do all day long is cry in this episode. At least I'm like every step I'm like telling you a story and I'm like, and then I cried because really being excluded is painful and you will maybe cry. So I like cried buckets over this when I found out that a group of these moms who actually I was friends with were getting together, hanging out together at Starbucks every Friday. And they hadn't invited me to join them. And I believed it was because they thought I was a bad mother. (laughs) I'm I'm only laughing now because I know this is not true. Like hindsight truly is, it's not just 2020. It's like superhuman vision. Okay. And I, I, I cried. I thought they're not inviting me to their mommy Starbucks dates because they think I am a bad mother. And the truth was at that time, I was feeling insecure about my motherhood. 
I, I, I was believing that I was a bad mom. I, I did feel like I was failing. And so because they had honestly and unintentionally not invited me, in fact, the truth, this is the truth about that story. These women had been gained together for years on Friday at Starbucks before I ever moved into their town. So it's not like they like plot it together and they're like, you know what we should do? We should all meet at Starbucks on Fridays and talk about how we're such great mothers and not invite Noelle because she sucks as a mom. No, that's not what happened. But because I was never invited and I was becoming better friends with these women, I was kind of like, what's the deal? Like, is it because they think I'm a bad mom? And again, that was just an insecurity that I was already carrying and the exclusion was highlighting that. So I needed to really attack that and be like, no, I'm not a bad mom, number one. And number two, that is not the reason why I've not been invited to this weekly Starbucks with other moms date. Eventually, actually, one of the moms in the group did invite me to join their weekly date at Starbucks because she found out that I didn't work on Fridays. And here, the whole group had thought I was working on Fridays, and so they never asked me to join them because this was something that was already established, and they thought, oh, too bad we can't invite Noelle because she's in the office on Fridays. Anyways, the point is I had the opportunity to address my insecurities and grow as a person because I went through that experience of feeling excluded. So yes, good can come from these painful experiences. They are opportunities for self-growth. We really can take these experiences and look inside of ourselves and go, okay, what is being triggered and what truth can be applied that will take down this lie that's trying to attack me? Okay. Last step, step number nine. We're at the end here. We are really equipping ourselves with what to do when we're feeling left out. Okay. Step number nine. This is the last question to ask yourself. All right. This is the last question. Are there others that I can befriend and include in my circle? Are there others, other women who I can befriend and include in my circle? Can we just be honest for a hot second here? We need to stop always waiting for someone to befriend us, and we need to invite others into our circle, okay? We need to like open our freaking eyes and look around because if we're only looking at ourselves and feeling sorry for ourselves and going, woe is me, nobody's inviting me, look, these people are leaving me out once again, then you know what? Just take that as a sign that maybe it's time to find some new people. Are there other people? And I'm going to just answer that question for you right now. Yes, there are other people that you can invite to be your friend. I I think the first episode of this podcast is called, You're Not the Only Lonely Woman Looking for a Friend. Because you're not. You're not the only lonely woman. So we need to kind of open our eyes and look for women who seem like they too are on the fringe. They too are on the outside looking in, waiting to be invited. And let me just say this, being left out of a particular circle or excluded by a particular person could be just the gift we need to find our true tribe. Yes, that might just be the very gift we need. So who is standing alone at the playground waiting to pick up their kids after school? 
Who never has anyone to talk to in the break room at work? Who is the new girl? Who is the person who no one else is inviting? You know what? Befriend her. We got to be willing to gather our own circle of women who lets others in. Did you hear that? We got to be willing to gather our own circle of women who lets others in and in turn, okay, we're going to find true connection and meaningful friendship. Being left out does not have to be a permanent destination of our social life. Oh no. Being left out could be the very thing that launches us towards building a supportive circle of healthy female friendship that enables us to live a thriving life. Who can we love and be loved by? Let's review our steps. Step number one, we need to recognize that rejection actually does something to the brain. It does hurt and that's okay. But number two, step two, let's do something about the pain so that we can process, do something positive like walking and and meditation and maybe putting a little frankincense oil on your temples. I don't know. You figure it out. I know you're smart. Step number three, we need to ask ourselves the question, do I really want to be included by this person or these people? Step number four, I need to ask the question, what are the benefits of being included by this group? Is it even beneficial to be included by this person? Step number five, I need to ask the question, have I taken steps towards connecting with this person or people, or am I hoping that they can read my mind? Step number six, I need to ask myself, have I been invited before by this person or by these people and have declined? Am I constantly rejecting them and they're getting the memo that I'm not interested? Step number seven, have I asked myself this question? Are there unresolved issues between myself and this specific person or people? Is there a specific issue that I can directly address that we can connect again? Step number eight, I need to ask myself, what insecurity within myself is being highlighted or triggered by this exclusion? This is an opportunity to grow. This is an opportunity to attack any limiting beliefs or lies and, you know, become a better person in the process. And the last step, step number nine, I need to ask myself, we need to ask ourselves, are there others? Are there others that we can befriend and include in our circle? Listen, nobody likes to be left out. I mean, maybe there's somebody in the world, but it's not common. Most of us, because the way we're designed, we want to belong. We want to belong. We want to know that we have people. So if you are feeling a little bit left out, if there was a specific issue or incident that went down and you're feeling a little bit sore over it, I want you to know that it's okay. It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel bad. But I also want you to know that there are things that you can do to process through and come out with a more productive solution for building healthier female friendships in your life. The good news is that you're never too old to learn how to grow healthier female friendships. And you know what else? You're never too young as well. What it takes is some intentionality. It takes being able to be self-aware and gaining some tools to help you navigate these sticky parts like feeling left out. 
And so I just want to encourage you that no matter what you're going through today, even if today you really just feel bad and lonely and like a loser because you weren't invited, I want you to know this can be an opportunity for you to make some changes so that you can have a stronger support circle of friends around you, women who really build you up, help you carry your dreams, and ultimately live the life that you were meant to live. I just want to mention one more time that there is a companion to this episode, a downloadable, printable document that is available to our friending Patreon supporters. So if you go to our show notes, you're going to find all the information that you need to know there. But I want to say there are three tiers. The first tier is the friend door, which is only $3 a month. And this allows you to have early access to weekly podcast episodes without any commercials. The second tier is what we call the Friendling, which is $10 a month. And of course, you get early access to weekly podcast episodes without any commercials. You also get a downloadable goodness, which is what I've been talking about today. It is a PDF file that you can download and print up. These are things I'm creating for you to just help you really walk through some of this stuff, you know, with paper in your hands. I think sometimes we just need something written down that we can work through, write on to really help us sharpen these skills that are ultimately going to help us create healthier communities of female friendship. And as well as the downloadable goodness and the early access to the weekly podcast episodes without any commercials, you also get a personal shout out in an episode, which is pretty fun. In fact, I wanted to take a moment right now to send a shout out to our dear and awesome friend, Aaron, who became a friendling Patreon supporter this month. Thank you so much, Aaron, for believing in the show, for believing in me, encouraging me, being there through the ups and downs of relaunching this show. Seriously, you are such a great friend and you are a huge part of why this show is moving forward and propelling forward. So thank you so much for being a part of building it. You're awesome. We do have one more tier, and that is the Friend Meister, which is $25 a month, and you do get early access to weekly podcast episodes without commercials. You do get the downloadable goodness. You do get a personal shout-out in an episode, and you also get special access to old episodes from the original Friending that I will release once a month. So that's kind of fun. So we have three Patreon tiers, and this is how we financially support the show because it does take some money to run. And we want to grow friending. We don't want to just stay here. We want to help more women, more young girls learn how to develop healthier female friendship in their life because we really believe that friendship is vital to having a thriving life. I'd like to end this episode with a quote by the great female friendship guru, Shasta Nelson, and she says, loneliness is contagious and contributes to more deaths than any other disease. I know it's a bit of a downer quote, but this is why we think friending is so important for right now. 
There is a loneliness epidemic going on. Many of our young people are suffering. Many of us are suffering. And you know what? It doesn't have to be this way. Whoa, this was a long episode, so I'm going to definitely wrap it up right now. But hey, go out and be a good friend because the world needs more of them. Till next week, your friend, Noelle.